Thanks, Emma. Thanks very much. And morning, everyone. Let me add my welcome to David's. Now, in this room, there are bound to be different views among us of who Jesus is. Some of us will be firmly persuaded of who we think Jesus is, and some of us are still thinking that through. But nearly everyone agrees Jesus was a great teacher. The atheist Richard Dawkins calls him a great moral teacher. Mahatma Gandhi said Jesus was one of the great teachers of mankind. The question for us this morning is, why should we listen to Jesus as our teacher? That brings us to the passage Emma read in Mark's Gospel. If you've got a Bible, please do keep it open on page 1003 and take a look down at verse 21 of Mark 1. Jesus has just called his first followers, and we're going to follow along with them. So verse 21, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. So Jesus wants to teach, and we're not told exactly what he teaches, but we are told how people respond. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority not as the teachers of the law. See, every Sabbath, every Saturday, these people went to synagogue, and every week they sat in their chairs when some teacher droned on about dietary laws or what this rabbi said about the Sabbath versus what that rabbi said about the Sabbath. And I won't talk about it much longer because it's boring just thinking about it, isn't it? Why bother listening to that? And even if the synagogue teacher talked about real life, all they could really say was, this is the right thing, this is the wrong thing, so do this and don't do that. And anyone who was still awake would think to themselves, look, I don't need you to tell me what's wrong and what's right. I know I should be patient with my family. I know I should be happy for others when things go well for them. I know God's teaching on sex, but I keep losing my temper with my family. I can't stop it. When others have something I don't have, I keep being jealous of them. I keep looking at things I know I shouldn't look at. You're teaching. It's just words. I need help. And then one day, a new teacher comes to their synagogue. And as he speaks, people who are normally asleep are wide awake. In fact, they're amazed because he teaches with authority. In other words, his teaching actually does something. See, here's the first reason we should listen to Jesus as our teacher. Jesus' teaching changes lives. We're given a picture of that in verse 23. While Jesus teaches, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Unusual to us, this idea of a man possessed. We might think he's simply mentally ill, needs a doctor. But the Bible would say there's a spiritual realm to life with a real good and a real evil. And here we have a picture of someone dominated by evil. 
Did you notice? When he opens his mouth, it's the evil spirit who speaks for him. And when he speaks, notice there's no me, it's us. Like his identity has been eaten away, swallowed up by evil. Imagine a parasite latching onto someone and gradually getting bigger and stronger and sinking its tentacles deeper until it overwhelms the host, takes over. A picture of evil in this man's life. And I wonder if we can see anything of ourselves in this man. Not that we're possessed, but if you can relate to evil, finding evil inside you, even overwhelming you, I think the Bible would say we're starting to see ourselves clearly. C.S. Lewis, when he was looking into Jesus' teaching, he looked inside himself as well. And here's what he says. For the first time, I examined myself with a serious practical purpose, and there I found what appalled me, a zoo of lusts, a bedlam of ambitions, a nursery of fears, a harem of fondled hatreds. My name was Legion. Have you found something like that? Realizing there's evil inside me I don't have the answers to, that I need help, but what help is there? And then you see Jesus driving evil from this man with a word. No contest, no negotiating. The parasite is gone and he's put right. Isn't that amazing? But just notice the people who were there, what it is they're amazed by. Look down at verse 27. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching. And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. See, they're amazed at Jesus' teaching. Because it's not just words. They've seen a display of its power to change lives. That by his teaching, Jesus can deal with evil and bring us real change. And of course, the news spreads. Pathfinders here this morning, maybe you can uh, imagine hopping on a WhatsApp and texting your friends, guys, you wouldn't believe what happened in synagogue today. It all started like normal until this new teacher came. I've never heard anyone like him. Instead of giving us good advice, he gave us good news. Instead of teaching us how to keep Sabbath laws, he taught us how to enjoy Sabbath rest. And you remember creepy Levi? Well, something crazy happened with him, and he's a new man. Maybe this teacher's teaching actually does something, actually helps. Maybe he can help me with the evil in my life, too. He told us God's kingdom has come near. And you know what? I think it actually has. Smiley face, emoji, party. <laughs> that is actually a summary of what Jesus taught, by the way. If you look up at verse 15, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent 
and believe the good news. The kingdom of God has come near. I wonder, have you put the heating on yet? Because it's getting cold, isn't it? Winter is coming. Bit more shadows, bit more shivering. Everything's getting colder and darker, tempting maybe to open up a holiday brochure and imagine where we'd like to be snapshots like this on the screen. Sandy beaches where cold and darkness are no more. Doesn't that look good? Well, imagine a world where evil is no more. The world we wish for, a world where evil and all its effects are gone. And here it's like Mark opens the holiday brochure for us and gives us snapshot after snapshot of that world. Jesus pushing out the cold shadows and bringing in the warm sunshine of God's good kingdom. The snapshot of a man freed from evil. The kingdom has come near. Then another snapshot, verse 29, of Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law, an older woman restored to health. The kingdom has come near. Then, verse 32, that little trickle turns into a waterfall. In the evening, a snapshot of Jesus healing a whole town. The sick made well, the diseased cured. The kingdom has come near. The world we hope for, isn't it? A world of people put right in God's good kingdom. Which means we might be surprised by what comes next. Because here's what Mark shows us, that teaching is Jesus' priority. Imagine someone who lived near Capernaum. They've got some bad news from the doctor lately, so they're overjoyed when they hear Jesus is nearby healing in the town. Well, it's already late on Saturday night, so they go to bed, and the next morning they go to Capernaum to see Jesus, but he's gone. And they're left there wondering what to do. Well, Mark doesn't narrate that to us, but something like it may well have happened. And it's a bit uneasy to think about, isn't it? Someone left unhealed by Jesus. But of course, this isn't an imaginary story for us, is it? We get older. We get sick. Sooner or later, we get bad news from the doctor. And according to this chapter, Jesus could heal us like that. But with some rare exceptions, he doesn't. Why is that? Well, Jesus' priorities aren't what we expect. His priority is to teach. Verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. In other words, Jesus, where have you been? Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So we traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Now, don't mishear me. Clearly, Jesus was not anti-healing. But notice he doesn't say, 
let's go to the nearby villages so I can heal there also, but so I can preach there also. That's his agenda. When he heals, he heals in response to people coming to him, but he sets out to preach, makes it his goal to go and teach. And naturally we ask, why? In a sick world, why is teaching Jesus' priority? Well, the Bible will tell us that our diseases, as bad as they are, are only a symptom of something deeper. That our deepest problem isn't the sickness that eats away at our bodies. Our deepest problem is the evil in our hearts, which left unchecked will eat away at our souls forever. See, God's good kingdom has come near, and sickness won't stop anyone from enjoying it forever. But sin will. A holy God cannot tolerate our impurity, and only Jesus' teaching can deal with that. It's his teaching that changes lives. For it's only by listening to Jesus that we can learn how to be forgiven and changed, and he deals with the evil in our hearts. In other words, we must listen to Jesus as our teacher learn from him how to be forgiven and changed. And if that's you, if Jesus is your teacher, then outwardly we still waste away. We get sick, we get bad news. Maybe you've got to the stage where every day your body becomes a little bit weaker. But inwardly, we're being renewed day by day as Jesus deals with the evil in our hearts, and by fits and starts, he makes us a little bit more holy, a little bit more human. And we still fail, but we fail as forgiven people. And things might feel wintry now in all sorts of ways, but those snapshots are snapshots of your future as you listen to Jesus. God's good kingdom where warm sunshine will drive out every shadow of sin and sickness forever. The world we wish for. See, it's only natural to wish that Jesus would heal us. But Jesus wants to teach us. So we're on the path to real change now and God's good kingdom forever. So as we finish, let me ask us, are we listening to Jesus as our teacher? That's the question this whole passage presses on us. It's actually the question raised by Jesus meeting the leper. We don't have time to look at that, except to say, here's a man who receives extraordinary kindness from Jesus, who is transformed by Jesus' contagious compassion, curing his awful skin disease but whose transformation, it turns out, is only skin deep. Because rather than listening to Jesus, he disobeys him outright. Which again presses the question, are we listening to Jesus as our teacher? Is that a priority for us? What would that look like? Well, listening to Jesus as he teaches us through the Bible, on our own, 
in sermons week by week, in our small groups. If you'd like to think more about making the most of those things, then do come chat. Great to be helping each other with that stuff. Last week, if you were here, we heard about some things coming up in the year ahead, a range of ways to connect with others in church and to learn. Well, really good if we're excited by both of those. Great if we want to connect more deeply with our church family. Well, let's be excited to learn too. Jesus' teaching on money, on sexuality, on his death for our forgiveness. Great opportunities to receive Jesus' life-changing teaching. This week, actually, I was reminded what the word disciple means. Wonder if we know. The word disciple means learner. Learners, that's what we are as Jesus' disciples. Jesus teaches us, and we are lifelong learners. And of course, that is more than a head thing. Jesus' teaching changes lives. When we're overwhelmed by evil, some pattern we can't break out of and we feel helpless, let's keep listening to Jesus. Dig into his teaching. For if we let Jesus teach us, we're on the path to real change now and God's good kingdom forever. Well, sometime now to reflect and pray, and in a minute or two, we'll come together to share the Lord's Supper.